Hey, good morning. Who are you people? Uh, for those of you wondering, I'm Jason Coker. I'm one of the co-ministers, co-pastors here at the church. And this, I'm Janelle Coker. This is uh, my partner. Tell them who you are. Janelle Coker. Also. Co-minister. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm wondering, was it the cake or the evite that got you all here? Because I'm going to do this every Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, there's a little peek into Jason and Janelle's relationship. She was like, I'm going to do an Evite for this. And I was like, an Evite? What is it, 1990? And she was like, I'm telling you, people like an Evite. And here we are. Uh, All right. So this is the 147th anniversary of the Oceanside Sanctuary. So we thought, what better way to celebrate that than trivia? So when you came in... You might have noticed that you received a bulletin, and instead of our order of worship, there are some questions here, trivia about the church. So I don't know if you've had a chance to, but now would be a great time for you to just like maybe grab a little pen or a pencil on the pew back in front of you and look through this. We'll give you a second to answer some of these questions. No cheating. There are eight of these questions, right? So don't think too hard about it. So first, what year was Oceanside founded? That's the easy one, right? Like you guys all should be able to get that one. And then number two, what year was our church facility built? So when was this amazing, lovely facility built? Number three, what year was our first women woman pastor installed? Now, I'm just going to say now that if you'd taken the Roots class, you'd know the answers to some of these questions. So, you know... Hint, hints, right? Next time the Roots class comes around, I would suggest that. Next, what denomination are we a part of at OSC? If you were paying attention, one of our speakers already gave that away today. Uh, next, how many names has our church had over the years? Again, some of you have heard that in the Roots class already. And then next, how many people utilize our food pantry every month? And then finally, How many dinner and dialogue groups are hosted by OSC? That's a brand new thing. We've had a number of folks here in the congregation host dinner and dialogue groups this fall, and it's been sort of an experiment. And then after the holidays, we're hoping to do those again. All right. So have you had enough time to answer? No. Alex, you should know all of these. You're on (laughs) staff. Exactly. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. Are you ready? Number one, what year was OSC founded? The answer is B, 1875. Right. So, you know, like give yourself like this is the honor system, right? Like give yourself a point if you got that right. Okay. Number two, what year was our church facility built? What do you guys think? A, 1928. That is correct. That's the answer. Number three, what year was our first woman pastor installed? This is a little harder. Anybody know? Sorry? 1932. That is right. I know. Shocking, isn't it? All right. Next up, what denomination are we a part of at OSC? You guys know that, right? Disciples of Christ. That's true, right? I know, Disciples of Christ, I know it sounds a little culty, but I promise it's not. It's totally okay. All right. How many names has our church had over the years? This is a tough one. Does anybody know this? 
four. The answer right. is four. This church has had four names in its 147-year history. You'll hear about those in a minute. But bonus question, how many of those names do you know? Like, so write down on your paper, like, and you should be able to get one, <laughs> right? You should definitely be able to get one. And if you've been around a little while, you could easily get two. But then, like, what about the other two? Okay, we'll visit that in a second. How many people utilize our food pantry every month? We have any guesses on that? The answer is D, 350 to 400 people a month. That is a remarkable feat. Uh, I will say that the food pantry has expanded significantly during the pandemic. There are a lot of folks uh, locally who are in, more in need than before. And then last question, how many dinner and dialogue groups are hosted by OSC? Anybody know? C is the right answer. Good job. Six dinner and dialogue groups. Okay. So one point for every question that you got right. And then bonus question, two points for every name of the church that you know, right? So let's just do the easy one first. Oceanside Sanctuary. You all get two points if you wrote that down, right? Second name just before Oceanside Sanctuary was... First Christian Church of Oceanside, that's right. If you wrote that down, you get another two points. Before it was First Christian Church of Oceanside, it was First Street Christian Church. Did anybody get that right? Roots class, you guys, I'm telling you, Roots class, I, so I've much information. I've seen a few of the Roots class that is still not sure about that name. Okay. And then before it was First Street Christian Church, does anybody know what it was called when it was first started in 1875? Yeah, you're, Joey's very close. Another staff member. The, yeah. The Christian Church at San Luis Rey, because it was started out by the mission in 1875. Those are the four answers. So you get two points each. Okay, so that means eight questions plus eight points for bonus. So that means you get 16 possible points total if I'm doing my math right, and I usually don't do my math right. Okay, 16 possible points. Oh. Well, then clearly I'm way wrong, right? So 15, right? 15 possible points. All right. So stand up if you got at least one point. Hey, give yourself a hand, right? This means that you at least knew the name of the church you came to today. So that's pretty good. All right. So uh, stay standing if you had two points. Okay, good. Stay standing if you got three Okay, stay standing if you got four. Oh, we're starting to lose some folks. Stay standing if you got five. Uh-oh, here we go. Remain standing if you got six. Remain standing if you had seven. Oof, okay. God, what are you, like an overachiever? You don't even live in this county. Okay. <laughs> Remain standing if you got eight. Okay, what are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. How many prizes do we have? I mean, okay, remain standing if you have nine. Okay. Okay, so these prizes, I mean, these are the best that we have. <laughs> so sometimes in the pantry, sometimes in the pantry, we get things that we can't give away. Or. Something that you know 
we just it, it, some of the pri things we were giving you are pretty great, but some of them are pretty exciting. So I'm going to say. So I've got a basket here. I'm going to reach in. I need to take the. I'm going to reach in and close my eyes. All right, Janelle is bringing the prizes, the coveted pantry prizes. So first up is Kelly. Kelly, carrying filet. Yes! <laughs> wow, people are sitting down over here, Janelle. Milk. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. You're underselling it. That's shelf stable milk. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's that's actually pretty great. All right. Oh, nice. All right. So what, what we wanted to do today was really just celebrate the legacy of this church and maybe take a moment to look at where things are going. So you have some highlights for us? So I get to talk a little bit about the history of our church, and um, it's pretty cool. So... Our church was founded on November 21st, as you know, 1875, when 13 people came together to start the Church of San Luis Rey in a one-room schoolhouse near the mission. In 1908, our church moved to the growing city of Oceanside and became First Street Christian Church on the corner of Hill and First, which was about two blocks away. And then, uh, yeah, so then that is not our church building yet. So we're st we are not quite here yet. Um, as a teenager, uh, we had one of our first pastors. He was 17. His name was William Webster Borden. And one of my favorite stories about him is that he did not believe in riding horses. He felt that it was against their will to do so. But he did have a horse that he liked, and so he would travel from Carlsbad to Oceanside with his horse walking beside him, only carrying as much weight as he would carry himself uh, to come and preach uh, for the church. And this is a picture of the Borden family. And this is the, the Borden family. I'm not sure which one he is. We have some historical records, but they didn't. we don't have the he, he was quite an inventor, and he um, started a publishing a community paper called The Spirit of Love from the time of 1884 to 1922. This promoted thoughts about Christianity, local news, and here's one of his quotes, which I think we have a slide for. Be kind to yourself if you wish to be kind to others. You can never nourish a gentle spirit that will forgive their faults while you are always picking at your own. 
I love that because as a founder, I feel that he is, is stating exactly what we have continued to try to do. In 1928, we built this church because we had outgrown the other building that we were part of, and then we needed to change our name to First Christian Church of Oceanside. And then we, we did some amazing things. During the Great Depression in 1932, Grandma Grace McDonald became our first female pastor. She started a soup kitchen and established an enduring value in our church for community service. In the 1960s, we coordinated relief for the Vietnam War widows. In the 1990s, we collaborated with other churches to start the Coastal Service Center, a local interfaith social service nonprofit. And in the two, early 2000s, Pastor Bob Case led the creation of an after-school computer lab and tutoring program for Oceanside High students. In 2007, we started our free weekly dinner for local unhoused population, the local unhoused population that lasted 12 years. Thank you, Phil. So some of you guys have heard the story, but Janelle and I visited this church in the spring of 2015. And uh, by that time, this church had really declined uh, pretty significantly to about 30 to 40 active members. And one of the things that really captured our hearts about this place was that even though there were only about 30 to 40 people who were really actively involved, they were putting on a dinner for unhoused people every single Tuesday night. And we were just blown away that a church that had so few resources, so few people, was doing something that much, much bigger churches weren't doing. Uh, and we really fell in love with that. Unfortunately, it's true that very traditional churches starting in the early 1970s began to really decline rapidly. And this was one of those churches. The building was uh, in a lot of disrepair. They were struggling to keep the lights on. And so in 2016, we embarked on a, a process of discerning what, what we thought as a congregation the future of this church might be. And that resulted in a two-year process of really wrestling with that question that oftentimes involved a lot of conflict amongst those who were wrestling with it. What is it that God is calling us to? Uh, and what we, what we came up with, what we uh, sort of birthed out of that process was this sense that God was calling this place to be a genuine sanctuary for people who didn't feel like they fit in other churches. Uh, and so in 2018, we adopted uh, a new uh, mission commitment, is what we call it. It's our commitment to being oriented towards the community and service. And a big shift at that time for us was a shift from seeing the gospel uh, about beliefs that got you into heaven when you die to seeing the gospel as a gospel of the kingdom that liberates people who are oppressed. And so for us, a key verse was Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, uh, which we'll put up on the screen for you. And it's a familiar passage. This is Jesus' gospel. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has called me to bring good news to the poor. 
He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And you guys, it would be hard, I think, to overstate how much that shift changed this congregation. When we stopped being about believing the right things so that we get to punch our ticket to heaven after we die, to believing that the good news of God is the news that those who are marginalized and poor and oppressed can find liberation, that shift meant that we had to ask ourselves all the time, how can we leverage our resources? How can we leverage our voices for those who are suffering in our community? And doing that really shifted our perspective as a congregation. And so the vision statement we came up with at that time, uh, I'll also put up on the screen. It says, our vision is to be a collective expression of inclusive, inspiring, and impactful Christian spirituality wherever it's needed. So for us, that sense of being inclusive uh, and impactful and genuinely inspiring, because that's what the Spirit of God is doing, has really shaped everything that we have been doing here since about 2018. Uh, now, some obvious impacts, some results of that. Uh, right uh, before we even finished that process, that shift was already happening, and folks here started a food pantry that is still going today. In fact, Tom Spears is here today. Good to see you, Tom. Tom and his wife, Carol, who's sitting right next to him, uh, they were instrumental in starting the food pantry. And Tom worked an awful lot every Saturday for a number of years helping to really establish that ministry and getting it started. Uh, and now that's the ministry that's serving 400 to 450 people every single year. It also, yeah, absolutely. Or every month, sorry. Uh, it's also uh, what really led us to take seriously a shift in making sure that women were in all aspects of leadership at the church. Uh, and I will say that there were women on the board when we came to this church in 2015. But what we really tried to take seriously is making sure that women have equal representation, that women are eligible to lead in church communities, that simply being a woman does not exclude you from having access to authority and decision making. And I will say we still have work to do, right? There, We have... Uh, equal representation of women on the board and have for a number of years. But uh, Janelle is the only woman on staff here. She has to deal with three of us who are stubbornly male, right? And, uh, and so that's a value that we have that we're continuing to try to push into. And another way that we've been able, I think, to express that value is to make sure that our ministry teams uh, have that same representation too. So we have our, Victoria on staff as oh, well. Oh, thank you for reminding me, and Victoria. Victoria, yes. we just brought her on, and she does twelve hours a week. So thank yes. you. She she mostly we she and I work together, but yeah, Victoria is yeah, yeah. Victoria has been amazing, and so I apologize that I missed that. Uh, and then the other thing, of course, that it changed for us was we became a church that was genuinely open and affirming and inclusive of LGBTQ people. We felt that that commitment to being a church that stands for the liberation of the gospel meant taking a stand on those who had been most hurt by churches and church traditions. And so for us, it meant that we needed to take a strong stand for those who have been especially marginalized. 
Uh, and what else does that mean? Oh, it means also our Justice Works team uh, uh, addresses, takes seriously the notion that it's not just enough to serve people who are hungry. It's important for us to ask why people are hungry. What policies in our community are driving people to live on the edge and to need a food pantry in their lives? Uh, I would like nothing better than for our Justice Works team to put our pantry out of business. Uh, no offense to the pantry folks, right? But it's unacceptable that our communities reliably produce people who are poor and hungry. And so for us, addressing those long-term systemic issues, I know that sounds ambitious for a small church, uh, but in this very building, just last year, we saw 200 people sit in this room and put pressure on the police chief to make policy changes about use of force in Oceanside. And he agreed because this church got behind that effort and said, these, these particular policies are not just. And those policies were changed as a result of that. And so that's something that you guys did. And, and that's an expression of that sort of gospel that we're talking about. So by the way, kudos to our Justice Works team for doing that. So what I'm really most proud of in this church is how often I hear from many of you uh, that this church is um, a kind of unicorn. Does that make sense? Yes. That, you know, we just hear from people a lot that it's really hard to find a church that embraces a gospel of liberation, that leans into a progressive understanding of what it means to be followers of Jesus, but still takes faith and Christianity and scripture seriously. And, and that's who we are. That's who we aspire to be. And so when I hear people saying that, it's, I think, what makes me most proud. So uh, that's all I think I have to say. I'd love to hear from maybe a few of you. What we're wondering uh, is, we have a question for you. We'll go ahead and put it up here on the screen. Uh, how has this church been helpful to you? Uh, or how has it been meaningful or important to you? And I recognize, of course, that not everybody who's a part of our church is here today. We have about you know 50 or so people watching online on Facebook. So if that's you, you can type into the comments on YouTube or Facebook how this church has been helpful or important to you. But I'd, I'd love the opportunity to hear from a few of you. If you're willing to share a little something, Finn will uh, bring you a microphone so that people online can hear what you share too. So anybody willing to share a little bit? Raise your hand. And Jen, thank you for sharing. That was perfect. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody open to share? Or not? Okay, Andy. Good morning. <laughs> you want to uh, um, This church, my name is Andy. I have been going here for about now? Pandemic time, yeah. Yeah, out of time. Um, and I think going to this church has been helpful because it's been nice to go to a place where I feel like my values are completely matched by what the church is putting forward. Mm -hmm. Rather than before when we were going to a church where it was like, it was kind of a fit, but at the same time, there were a lot of things like non-inclusion and no women.
leadership and things like that that just didn't sit right. Mm -hmm. And now to have these things be together in one place is really important. It's been super helpful for, I guess, myself and our family. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Stephanie. Oh, the people online. Hi, hi, everybody online. Um, this church fills my soul and makes me happy and has brought me into a great community of people that I enjoy so much. And I feel like I constantly am challenged to grow and learn. I love it here. Thank you, Stephanie. Oh, oh, Mr. Joey and Mr. Alex. Alex, I think, has online. Um, I, I'd like to just share that I, as a queer Christian, had <clears throat> discovered a couple of inclusive spaces um, before I met Jason, and um, God brought me to this place. And I found home here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. But the thing that I said to Jason the first time we had coffee and then the day that I accepted this position as our music minister and I've said every day since is that the Oceanside Sanctuary does not shy away from the hard work of the spiritual growth of a Christian community. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for us to just come together and say, well, we love Jesus and we're gonna work hard to make the world a better place and do social justice works and all the things that we do. But we take the additional step of saying, we're gonna ground what we do in a theology and a spiritual connection that is authentic and binding with a God who we seek to know and to build a, a relationship with. And so I came here and I come here to, rediscover God in a way that feels safe and hmm. a way that feels authentic. And I'm grateful that I have a space to do that. Thank you, Joey. So yeah, we have some online folks. First off, Linda says, this church is a unicorn. So <laughs> that's fun. Uh, she also said, I've restored my hope that there's a place I can bring all my friends and that they'll be loved and accepted. Maria said, we found a church that welcomed everyone to the table. We found a church that exemplified God's love for a broken world. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lucy Salazar. Um, I have been at Oceanside Sanctuary for believe about five years is that sound right um and i have made it my um my life ambition to be involved in every manner of this church <laughs> possible no i'm kidding I, I i'm just very involved in the church i love it this church made it possible for me to come back to my faith mm -hmm. after many 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 i mean since my childhood i had not participated in my faith and I felt this was the right place for me to be. I was baptized here, and it was incredibly moving, incredibly powerful, huge change in my life. And this place affords me the, the space, both personally and spiritually, to grow into who God is calling me to be. Hmm. 
Thank you for that. Thank you, Lucy. Anybody else have anything to share? How has this church been helpful to you before we wrap it up? Gary. Gary. Yeah, Gary. Uh, yeah, I only heard Listen, I, I know that uh, we're not the kind of church that is all about like evangelizing people and like bringing your neighbors to church to get them saved so that they can like go to heaven when they die and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm glad for that. <laughs> right? Like there's a reason we're like that. And it's because I'm not like that. Um, but I, I want to say something that I think is important. Uh, you know, in this country, the single largest religious demographic in the United States now are those who have left their religion, right? And we tend to call them the nuns, right? You know, they, they don't have any particular religious affiliation. That's okay. I don't have a problem with that. If, if they don't need to be in church or a part of religion, that might be like the healthiest thing for them. Um, but here's what we do know about them. Recently, Pew Research did uh, a survey of the nuns, those who have left church, and fully one-third of them, we're talking about tens of millions of people, one-third of them have said they still believe in God, they still believe in Jesus, they left the church because it wasn't moral. They left the church because it didn't live up to the things that it taught them to believe. To me, that's a tragedy because I get so much from being in this community with you. And so if there are people in the world who would benefit from being in spiritual community with each other that was not judgmental, that did not promote bigotry towards LGBTQ people, that did not advance uh, racist tropes or, you know, uh, misogynistic teachings from the pulpit that didn't align itself against the poor every election cycle, then I think they would be better off if they could be a part of a church community where they could, like to borrow from what Joey said, be connected to a sense of God in a community that didn't violate their conscience. I think that as Christians, we need to come to terms with the reality that people are leaving Christianity, not because they don't like Jesus, but because being in church does them moral harm. And so 
That's really what we're hoping for here, that we can be connected to God, connected to each other, and by doing that, not suffer moral injury because we hear teachings every Sunday about how you should think a little bit less about certain people in the world. Uh, And so for us, that's really important. And I think that that is an enormous need in the United States. It's a little like a mission field, to use sort of um, politically incorrect language, right? And so uh, that's really, I think, why we exist. I think that's why we're the Oceanside Sanctuary. We're a sanctuary to people who finally have a place where they can worship God and not be morally wounded by it. Uh, So if you know folks like that, we would love to see them here sitting next to you. Amen? And that doesn't mean that you're all, you all are going to be perfect or we're going to be perfect. <laughs> hopefully what that means is we will be real. We'll apologize Amen. when we say the wrong thing, uh, when we step on somebody's toes. And um, we will say like, ooh, that didn't feel good what you just said. Mm-hmm. And we'll hear it, right? Yeah. So... Um, that's part of being community. So we're just so thankful uh, for all of you. So we're going to sing another song. No, we're not singing another song. Uh, we're not singing we're another not song. We're not singing another song. But but that is our teaching. So you want to pray? You want to close? Yes, in prayer? we're going to pray, and then there's going to be some announcements. And then I want to give you. We're all going to go out to the front, and hopefully you're going to herd each other into a really nice space. Our photographer, I think, should be here. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Um, And you're going to hoard yourself into a really nice space, and you're going to take a picture. And then I do have a cake, so you've got to eat a piece. (laughs) Because I don't want to take a bunch home. Yeah. Alexis. Um, I just want to, however we can, like, thank you guys for modeling all of this. Because it's real, you know? And, And I think all of us can tell when it's bullshit. So I feel like I feel like that should be like the new church t-shirt. All all of us can tell when it's bullshit. <laughs> Carol's like, yes. All right. God, here we are together. Some folks we haven't seen for a while. Some that haven't met each other. But you bring us together. This mission, this vision of loving our neighbors is big and it's hard. And we take it on a little bit every day. God, give us the strength, the vision, and the direction to keep moving forward another 147 years. Hmm. You bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. couple quick announcements for you. I'm going to sit down like everybody else. This feels good to sit on the stool this morning. Next Sunday, there's a uh, couple great things we're going to be celebrating and honoring. One of those, 
<sighs> Are you ready for this? The official ordination of the Reverend Alex Kipp, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! This is going to be co-led by Reverend Richie Sanchez of our regional, uh, one of our regional ministers of the Disciples of Christ. So Alex, we will be here next Sunday to honor and celebrate you. So I'm excited about that. Uh, number two, we're going to be honoring Transgender Day of Remembrance for the memory of transgender people whose lives were lost in acts of anti-transgender violence. Join us for a very special Sunday in remembrance of that. And then I can't believe we're talking about this already, but Advent Sunday is coming up on November the 27th at 10 a.m. Advent is a period of preparation where we celebrate the coming of Christ into the world. Join us for a special candlelit service as we prepare, uh, prepare for the first day of Advent. That's coming up Sunday, November 27th. All of these events and more, if you love being here, we'd love for you to get more involved here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. You can find that, uh, all those announcements and upcoming events at the theoceansidesanctuary.org. And then, as always, um, today's great for me. I know my wife and I have sat through, it feels like a hundred history lessons at churches, and I never look forward to those. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I'm so glad I was here today because we're about to take a picture, and I hope in a hundred years people say, oh, that goofy pastor in the flannel all the time, and his wife and our team, man, they impacted this community in an amazing way. And we, and we can't do that without giving back, right? Giving back of our time and our resources. And I'm so thankful that we remembered today all the people that have done that so that we can sit in the sanctuary this morning. And the word sanctuary means a place of refuge and safety. And I know I needed that in my life from all the experiences and the negative church experiences that I've dealt with. So I am thankful to be in the sanctuary today, right? In this moment in history. And it was, we have conversations with our friends and our family, share that we have that in our lives because I'm sure we can count on both of our hands, friends and family who need the sanctuary, right? May the peace of God be with you. We'll see you outside for the picture.